0: What's up, fam, and welcome to the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. This podcast is meant to give you easy, implementable, no BS advice to help make you stronger, more resilient, and bring out your inner badass to help you get back to doing the things you love with the people you love. I am your host, Dr. Tyler Bordick. I am a physical therapist, a strength conditioning coach, and co-owner of Inner Strength Physio Fitness Athletics in Pittsburgh. If you're ready, jump on the bus, buckle in, and let's rock and roll. hello everybody and welcome to the healthy fit and pain-free podcast i'm your host doc t and we are here with episode 55 55 very nice very nice hope you all are having a great week so far um it is thursday right now for me so hopefully maybe some thirsty thursdays for some of you all but uh hope you are enjoying the weather just got back from new jersey last week um Ryan and I go to a Mastermind event once a quarter, and it was really nice. It was nice to be around other business owners, talk shop, um, talk about stress management, sleep management, kind of the same thing I talk about with you guys, Uh, um, and just really cool. Kind of makes you feel like you're not on another planet uh, as a business owner. But anyhow, um, whenever we came back, I was touching base with a lot of our members I had some emails I had to follow up with, had some one-on-ones I had to um, follow up with. And this question came up, and so I thought, what the hell? Why not do a podcast on it? So question of the day today, number four is, why has my weight loss stalled? I'm sure many of you out there can definitely um, agree with this, can definitely relate to this. Uh, it's that summertime, no one wants to gain weight during the summertime, and if you're listening to the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast, you're probably doing some sort of recomposition, whether it's trying to gain strength, lose body fat, gain muscle, and we are here to help you with this question. Now, yes, this pertains to weight loss, but we can also look at this from a few other realms as well. Um, this kind of pertains to a lot of things so without further ado if you're out there and you're like is he just going to answer this question no of course not i am going to give you four easy steps to break your plateau step number one track your activity okay now some of these aren't going to be earth shattering but i want to give you a little bit of a different idea behind a little different way of thinking about this so track your activity. So when I say this, what I really want you to do is I want you to play detective, because there are sometimes, and I am actually in this situation right now. That's why I can really, uh, I can really attest to this. Sometimes we change our activity levels and we're not necessarily aware of it. Instances would be the winter time. Typical, typically people aren't as active, so you might see a little downturn in someone's actual activity level, unless it starts snowing in Pittsburgh. And then obviously that changes. Unless you have a snow blower or a plow on your tractor, or four wheeler, then it does not count. <laughs> but the other thing though is people tend to, you know, when you get busier, when you're busier and you have to be at your desk for longer periods, you're a lot less active. So for instance, I used to, I was coaching a lot on the floor. Uh, the past few years. And recently, I've got off the floor. I need to focus more on certain aspects of the business to make sure that we provide a better quality product. And by doing so, I'm sitting at a desk a lot more. And so, I really needed to start tracking my activity better. Now, I work out, I do some sort of activity every day, uh, just because I really enjoy it. You know, it's kind of like a hobby of mine, too, that I made into a career, really. But so it's a little different. I'm still active. But at the same time, as we've talked about this before, just because you have a really intense workout doesn't mean you're allowed to sit the rest of the day. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. But you know, you really have to keep track. Now you can do this with step counting. You know, you can count your steps if you have a smartwatch or something to do so. But realize too that sometimes those numbers can be a little bit skewed. Um, even if you're driving, if you're hand is by your side, it can sometimes mislead those four steps. But tracking your activity, making sure you're doing some sort of activity daily is important. Um, getting up from your desk, you know, once every one or two hours and walking around definitely helps. Getting some walks, especially during lunch is a good idea. But, you know, making sure you're getting your 15 or your 10 to 12,000 steps a day. Because I know a lot of people, I want to kind of Not necessarily throw my wife under the bus here, but this has kind of been a a big focus for her. Because my wife, she's a PA. Like, you're on your feet all day going from room to room working with patients. So you would think, and this is what most people, I'm on my feet all day. Well, so is my wife. And my wife was finding that she was definitely not anywhere close to 10,000 steps a day. Quite a bit below, actually. And it's not a knock on her. A lot of people do this. A lot of people... Come to me, and they're like, "I'm on my feet all day. I probably walk five miles a day." Mm, I don't know about that. Now, if you are one of those people who walks, you know, let's say you walk twenty thousand steps a day, kudos to you. I doubt it, but kudos to you. But I'm sorry, even going over a certain limit can be detrimental. Studies show going over. 15,000 steps a day or even up to 15,000 steps a day can actually be less beneficial than more. So, that can go in the opposite opposite direction. So make sure you're tracking your activity, tracking your progress. Now, you can be someone who and this has been me recently because I have two trackers on me right now, not bragging about that, trust me. Where you find out that your activity might be a little too high, a little too high for what you're eating, a little too high for your recovery. For me, it's recovery. My body doesn't recover as well as I'd like it to sometimes. And so if you're, having, if you're putting in too much activity, that could be a reason why too. Now, we talked before about hit the brakes, hit the gas. More times than not, people need to hit the brakes. Fewer times, people actually need to hit the gas. But it does happen. So keep that in mind. So step number 1, track your prog or track your activity, excuse me. Step number 2, to breaking the plateau, journal everything that goes in your mouth on the weekends. Ah, you thought I was going to say throughout the week, didn't you? No, on the weekends. Here's why. People can journal what they eat throughout the week. That's totally fine. You can do that too. But people tend to be a little bit hesitant or uh, they t- t- tend to not really enjoy the fact of journaling their food five days out of the week. So that's why I say just one day, just a Saturday and or a Friday or a Saturday. And I want you to journal everything that goes in your mouth because here's why. Studies show that majority of the time throughout the week, people don't do too bad of a job. Now, that can that can vary, and I know some people who really blow the week apart too, whether it's eating out for lunch, eating out for dinners, drinks, what have you. But what then happens is we eat cleaner throughout the week because we're busy, we are fairly regimented, but then the weekend comes and we kind of let it all go to crap. And this is where people will gain weight. People will do well throughout the week, but then the weekend comes, they go camping, they go boating, uh, they go to weddings, parties, go out with friends, breweries, whatever whatever it is. And then this is where they tend to overindulge, especially if you eat lower throughout the week, you're typically a little bit hungrier on the weekends, and then you overindulge more. So, and don't pick a day, don't cheat and pick a day where you're just gonna be active all day and you're not gonna eat. Pick a typical day and see how much you actually eat because all it's gonna take is for you to go five hundred to a thousand calories over what you typically eat, and you're right back square one. So journal everything that goes in your mouth on the weekend, including alcohol. And kinda see, you know, kinda see where you're at. This might be a big wake-up call for some people. They don't realize even going out to eat can be a big one. For instance, if so, one of our teachers when I was in uh, when I was at Cannon was telling us a story about she and she had us for an assignment. We had to track our food for a week. So there was this kid. He was a football player at Cannon who went to a Quaker Steak and Lube. On all-you-can-eat wing night. The kids showed up and ate over 10,000 calories that day. Right? Right? 10,000 calories. That is five times more than what they suggest. And I use that in big quotes. Suggest you should eat in a given day. And it's very easy to do that. Now, I'm not saying 10,000 calories, but it's very easy to go out to eat and eat 2,500 to 3,000 calories if you have appetizers, desserts, drinks, all that stuff. So you got to keep that in mind. So, again, number four, or excuse me, number two journal everything that goes in your mouth on the weekend. Number three, easy steps to breaking a plateau. Say no to the if then game. Say no to the if then game. What do I mean by this? Well, sometimes, and I I say all this because I've done all this stuff before. Let me just preface that by saying I've done all this stuff so I'm not picking on anybody when I say this. The if-then game is where we like to create a little wager with ourselves, if you will. This is where you say, if I do this, then I'll get this. This could be activity. This could be diet. This could be anything. This could be with your spouse, for for crying out loud. But, you know, for instance, people will say, if I work out all five days this week, then I get to have ice cream. If I am active all day, then I get to sit and watch a movie later. If I work out hard and stick to my diet six days this week, then on Sunday I get to have a cheat day or even a cheat meal. If I stick to all of this, then I can get really drunk this weekend. I don't know who would say that one, but there's been times I can imagine. If I don't eat carbs all week, then I can have those donuts on the weekend. Okay, you guys, uh, <laughs> you guys got enough examples. But that's the thing. We create this if then. We create this scenario where we say, if I do this, then I can reward myself. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you treating yourself, if you want to call it that. I don't think people should be robots. I don't think you should be just sticking to a very strict diet forever i don't think you should stick to a, a really strict regimen of diet and exercise and whatever else forever unless you really don't care i do know people that really don't care about food food doesn't really do it for them drinks don't really do it for them so they don't and that's cool but most people that's not the case you need to enjoy life you need to enjoy what you're doing The problem is people create treats, they create cheats, they create this scenario, this idea of I can reward myself for doing this, and then the problem starts. The problem starts that you do reward yourself, and then maybe the trigger goes off in your head. You had one scoop of ice cream, but now, now the sweet tooth is overactive now we're going to put more ice cream in that bowl because why the hell not you did well this week you didn't cheat at all or you decide "Eh, we can get pizza i did well all week and then that pizza tastes really good or you might be you know underfed in the sense that you're trying to lose weight your calories are lower than normal and you go out and you have a drink And your body consumes that drink fairly quickly, you get a little bit tipsy, and then all bets are off. (laughs) Judgment goes out the window, and then you start eating everything. So again, I'm not saying you shouldn't reward or treat yourself. What I'm saying is this whole – and I've talked about this before. This whole cheat mentality of I get a cheat meal, I get a cheat day, I get to do this is not good because then – you put so much emphasis on that meal or on that food or on that thing or on that activity that you tend to splurge more. And then you feel like complete garbage afterwards because you feel guilty. You lot, you know, you'll probably be a little bit bloated. You feel like you kind of went over the edge. And then boom. So again, say no to this if then. And again, I've done this before. I remember, for the love of, All all things hold. I remember whenever I was in college, I used to sit there and just beat myself into the ground in a workout where I could hardly walk out of the weight room. And in my mind, I'm like, if you finish this workout, you can have, for any of you guys from Erie, you can have porkies later and have some drinks with the guys. And I used to do that. Or if you do this, you can go to the all you can eat buffet with everybody else. And you know what? That wasn't healthy. wasn't healthy at all. So I don't suggest doing that. And please, if you're doing that, figure out a different way. And if you need any other preferences or references or ideas, you can always reach out to me. All right. Last easy step to break the plateau. Challenge your current quote-unquote peak. Now what I mean by this is this is, again, this is kind of me going back to the whole hit the gas mentality. Many times people will plateau because they have been doing the same thing for a while that they kind of get comfortable. It's just challenging enough that they're really starting to – it's, it's challenging enough to where it's, it's making them sweat, it's making them feel like they're working – But it's not challenging enough to where it's causing a ton of adaptation to take place. You know, we see this a lot of times, I remember. We call it the, you know, I mentioned this before, we call this the six to seven month slump. And what happens is by that time, a person's come in and they've hit the goal they never thought they were going to hit they've got stronger than they ever imagined getting, they have more energy in everything, that they kind of run out of goals to go after. And so what they do is they kind of keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Same diet, same amount of calories, same exercises. Maybe bump the weight up a little bit. And then, you know, they're not doing enough to get past their current quote unquote peak. And what I mean by peak is like your peak state. I don't know why I keep saying peak, like peak, but I do. Anyhow, um, but they get past that peak state and then they are afraid to almost go higher. And so this is where when you've hit that current peak, <laughs> if you will, um, this is where you need to either work out more days a week, work out longer, work out harder, You need to look at your activity and maybe get some more steps in. You might need to lower what you're eating or at least reassess your diet to figure out what changes you should make. Or all the above. It could simply just be all the above. I don't recommend all the above. You don't need to make that many changes at one time. But this is why. This is why people hit plateaus, especially if you felt good for a while. Because this is the thing. If you're on a really good program, you should feel really good the whole time. Spoiler alert, you should not be dying when you're trying to get healthier. You should feel absolutely amazing the whole time. There are going to be moments, like obviously at first, your energy is going energy's to be a little bit low because you are, might be eating a little bit less. You're obviously doing more activity. But eventually you should get to a point where energy, like you're sky high. However... If you want to just focus on that, on that feeling, yeah, you could feel like that forever. But if you want to hit a certain recomposition goal, you have to make a change. This doesn't even have to do with fat loss either. This could happen too for someone who wants to get stronger or get more muscle. There's points where people will... Um, they'll hit like a point and they're not getting any more muscle or getting any more weight. There are people out there that want to do that, and they can't figure out why. And it's because they are eating the same amount. They're working out kind of the same amount, and they're not giving their body the fuel to get better. Quick little side note here. Um, This also goes with plateauing, with like tracking. This kind of goes with all of them. So, And this is what I mean by this. This, again, this is going to be kind of off-topic here, but besides that. So this individual that asked this question, her and I were talking, we were going through what she eats on a typical day-to-day basis. And I was talking with someone else a little bit before that, and we were going through what they ate on a typical day-to-day basis. And they were talking about, you know, eating multiple times a day, making sure, you know, they're keeping their metabolism going, blah, blah, blah. So – I have no science to back this up, but in my humble opinion, many of these things started with bodybuilders. I've said this, I said, I've said this at the beginning of the podcast when we first did our when we did our first episode together. But because with bodybuilders, body, I mean, bodybuilding is what made fitness popular. Arnold Schwarzenegger is what made fitness popular in the U.S. Um, you know, as as a as a and when I say bodybuilder, I'm talking about someone who. Works out to get bigger, and then they become, sh- then they lose body fat, become shredded, and then they get on stage. That's who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people who lift weights. I'm talking about bodybuilders. And as we mentioned a few episodes ago, about certain people go to certain sports because they have certain genetics. With bodybuilders, it's the same way, you will hardly see a person step on stage as a bodybuilder or be a spokesman for some sort of supplement company who is who has a hard time losing body fat. I am one of those people. This is why I am not still in bodybuilding is because it's very tough for me to lean out. A lot many of those guys, it's not that tough. A lot of those guys are typically fairly lean all the time without really trying. What became hard for bodybuilders is the fact that you have to eat a lot of food if you're a hard gainer, if you're someone who's very lean and has trouble building muscle, you have to eat a ton of food all the time to make sure you're getting the, the amount of calories you need to build muscle. That's why, and this is where I was getting at with, I don't know if science backs it up, but this is my opinion, and I think I'm right here. That's why the whole eating six to eight meals a day became popular because those bodybuilders who had to eat so much food couldn't eat enough at three or four meals a day, so they had to split it to like six or eight meals a day. And because people saw bodybuilders doing it, they thought they should do it too. That, and again, this is why it's BS. You do not need to eat all these amount of times throughout the day. If you only need to eat three times, you can eat three times. If you need to eat four times, you can eat four times. For me specifically, and again, I know this is a side tangent, really has nothing to do with this podcast, but... Uh, It gives you an idea about how to break break through plateaus and realize what you don't need to do. Um, So for me, for instance, I tend to – I eat multiple times a day, but that's because with my job, I don't want to eat a big meal and then to get tired. This is either as a coach, I don't want to eat a big meal and get tired and weighed down, or even whenever I'm doing stuff on my computer, doing – you know stuff working on the business, I don't want to make myself tired to where I can't think. So I eat small meals throughout the day because it keeps me energized and it doesn't make me tired. So that's why I eat multiple meals a day. But honestly, you can get away with like four meals a day and it's fine. I don't recommend less than four meals only because then people eat a lot of food at each sitting. Or what they'll do is, and this is a case of the person I talked to earlier this week, that we eat a light meal for... Some people do this. They'll eat a light meal for breakfast and lunch and then a big meal at dinner. This person, it was more of a big meal at lunch. But if you do that whole eat a big meal for the first two and then a – or a small meal, excuse me, for the first two and then a big meal for the last one, you'll tend to overindulge too. That kind of goes back to number two. So, <laughs> But anyhow, back number four, challenge your current peak. This is really, again, basically you need to make a change somehow. And it's typically you need to really try to surpass where you're at. It gets scary sometimes. People get to this point. I'm going to have real talk here. People get to this point where they've met close to their goals, and then they get, they get worried because they're like, this was not as hard as I thought it was going to be to get here. What do I have to do to, to move forward? And then they get back in that comfort zone because they're afraid to push past it. Well, this is that moment where you have to push past that. Now again, if you're happy where you are, then be happy where you are. We set these expectations on ourselves because of the world around us. But if you're happy where you're at, stay there, enjoy that. Enjoy the, the, the actual reasons why you set the goals you did. Because right now it's the point where you, you realize, hey, this is what I actually wanted this whole time. This is why I kept going to where I'm going. And I kept doing, being a part of this community is because I feel the way I do. So, now, going back through these, as you guys know, we always end these with three actionables. Now, I just gave you four easy steps, so that's, those are really the actionables. But to sum all this up, three actionables. Number one, track. Track your, track your activity. Track what you're eating. Especially. Like if you're if you don't if you hate tracking, at least track what you eat on the weekends. That way, you actually have a realistic idea of what you are actually doing, because many times you're doing a lot less than what you think you are. You're eating a lot more, and you're doing a lot less. So, track what you're doing. Number two, don't cheat. Don't do the if-then game. Don't have cheat meals. Don't uh, don't create agreements with yourself for rewards. Make it a part of your diet. Make it a part of what you're doing. you know if If you want to have ice cream that day, well, maybe you don't have the bun with your burger, but then you have a little bit of ice cream, something like that. You know, Do those types of things because then you realize you don't need buns, you don't need this, you don't need that. If you really want something, you can just don't play with the vegetables or the the protein. keep those where they are. And then number three is challenge yourself more. Again, don't get happy or satisfied with where you are and don't get comfortable if you still have goals you need to meet. Again, this is where you typically need to reassess, you need to look at your activity, you need to look at what you're eating, you need to look at your motivation, you need to look at your goals, and then you need to reassess, revamp, and do it all over again. But above all, appreciate how far you've come who you've become, and the fact that you have all the tools you need to move forward. Guys, thank you so much. This is episode 55 with question of the day number four. Why has your weight loss stalled? Hope you found some good with this. Please give us a four-star review if you enjoy the podcast, and we will be seeing you next time. Love you.
1: Thank you all for checking out this week's episode of the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. If you would like more content that is easily implementable and no BS, you can join our Facebook page at Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. Uh, to learn more about Inner Strength, visit our website at innerstrengthpgh.com or you can simply email us, us at info at innerstrengthpgh.com. We have two locations in Pittsburgh right now. One is our West location in Coriopolis/ slash Robinson. PA. And our second location, which just recently opened, is in the south in Lawrence, PA, in the southern part of Pittsburgh. We also partner up with Case Specific Nutrition. They are a locally owned business full of dietitians, registered, credentialed dietitians who can help you with just general nutrition, sports needs, and also medical information. You can also contact me at. Dr. Period Tyler at InnerStrengthPGH.com, or check me out on social media at Dr. Tyler underscore Bordick. Thank you all again. We'll see you on next week's episode.